What they don't understand about birthdays and what they never tell you is that when you're 11, you're also 10 and nine and eight and seven and six and five and four and three and two and one. And when you wake up on your 11th birthday, you expect to feel 11, but you don't. You open your eyes and everything's just like yesterday, only it's today. And you don't feel 11 at all. You feel like you're still 10. And you are, underneath the year that makes you 11. Lightning recap. In Sandra Cisnaro's 11, a little girl wishes she weren't 11. You've got a little time. We've got a little podcast. This is Short Story Short Podcast. I myself, me here today, am with Christy Baxter. Because I'm Chris Garcia. And today we have a story that I adore for so many reasons. Eleven by Sandra Cisneros. This is a really great story. It's it's quick, it's fast, and it for that short a time as it's it's packed. It's packed with emotion. And there's some like small emotions, but they also feel so huge and it really if you want to feel like you're 11 again, that's, this is the story to read. And I think there are some really great elements here that speak to so many of the stories that we've done. One is the voice is 100% dead on 11-year-old. And it is not only 11-year-old's external voice, it is an 11-year-old's internal voice. Because I can remember being 11 all those seven years ago uh, when it was, there was a world that I thought I could express, but never quite could. And we see that here a whole lot where you see sort of they have the thought process that is very much uh, sort of broad and explody. But then when it comes to being able to vocalize it, it's vocalized rather simply. Yeah, it's, she really nails that voice. And voice is one of those things that it's so hard because in addition to being hard to master, a lot of people don't even know what they're trying to master because most people who talk about voice say, well, it, you know, I, I know it when I see it, but it's, it's such a, a combination of things like word choices and the, the connotations of those words, the rhythm of those words and then add that all up and then you get higher up on the sentence level and even the paragraph level. And yeah, there is there are definite choices made here that make this so authentically 11. That's right. And I mean, you don't lose the Sandra Cisneros voice. Sandra Cisneros, to my, in my mind, is one of the great writers of the 20th and early 21st century. Uh, absolute stunning, should have a Nobel Prize or three in her hand. Uh, but the the sentence that really got me is, only today I wish I, I didn't have 11 years rattling inside of me like pennies in a tin Band-Aid box. Oh. Such a beautiful, relatable, concrete image for a kid expressed in a way that is so much bigger than it seems 
because it is a revelation that someone who understands what it means to get older and older and older and older, which is a revelation I never would have had at 11, but I would have felt somehow. And I would have tried to express it using something like pennies in a tin Band-Aid box. Yeah, it's perfect imagery like that, that, you know, some writers, a concept like this in their hands, they would try to go for the lofty or for the, the ultra clever, but it's, it's simple and, and childlike enough because that's who we're dealing with. We're dealing with an 11 year old and what their experiences have been. Most 11 year olds, they're going to make comparisons to, to the everyday objects in their lives, like a, like a tin band-aid box and pennies. And so, yeah, it's, it's choices like that that you see being made that just really help add to the voice and add to that element of authenticity. Yeah, exactly. And what I really, what really gets to me is when you see time actually mattering in the story. The idea that, uh, she, you know, she keeps saying that she has, you know, 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, 4, 3, 2, and 1 years inside of her. And then she places herself in one of those ages. Uh, I'm 11 and it's my birthday today and I'm crying like I'm three in front of everyone. Everybody, technically. But they're the same word. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and that there is really an understanding that, oh, we are, not only are we everything that we've ever been, but we can go back to those times. And the times we're forced back to those times. And if there is not a better example of the ways in which we, when faced with a traumatic experience, this is of course traumatic with small t, uh, where we revert into ourselves, this is saying that right off. Yeah, and it's, it gets right to the, the, the heart of it and that kind of painful powerlessness that you have at that age and mm. for, for a long time afterwards too, but 11 feels like the, the apex of, of powerlessness or nadir as it was, depending on how you look <laughs> at it, I suppose. But this, this interaction with the teacher and she is powerless and that's why she feels like she doesn't want to be 11 anymore she wants to be 102 so that she would know what to say so she doesn't have to wear that stupid red sweater that the teacher is insisting is hers and is messing with reality and and you have all that and it's just when I was reading this I wasn't thinking oh I've been in that exact same situation but I man yeah traumatic with a small t I could I could slide right back to <laughs> moments of powerlessness at right about the same age. Yeah, and there's some really interesting note uh, that there is a, when she's talking, she believes everyone has the same world experience she has. And so, you know, uh, that stupid Phyllis Lopez, who was even dumber than uh, Sylvia Saldivar, she expects us to understand what those are. We're being told this story as if we are a part of her family, a part of her friend circle, that we have the same experience. And this is sort of one of the things I think when you're writing about in the voice of a child, you have to understand 
that the view is so limited that it is such a compacted space, an experienced space of a child of that age, that when they start to give you, you know, word over word over word, because kids, when they talk, they talk. <laughs> it's going to be with the expectation that everyone's experience is the same. And that is really evident all over this. Yeah, there's that sort of interiority, I guess, of childhood, where mm -hmm. you, your internal world is, is kind of your whole world. And so you expect that everybody else is this not only is the same, but also has that same internal world or understands. And so, yeah, that choice to make sure to just assume that the reader knows these people and these things, it really, it adds another layer to that feeling of this is a story an 11 year old is telling you. And any of us, even if you don't have children, you can remember a time when a child told you a story and it felt like, wait, what, who? I don't, I'm just gonna let you tell the story. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna try to dissect it or analyze it. This is not a literature podcast. So. <laughs> that is my that is my child, uh, John Paul, to a T, um, <laughs> yeah. except about Minecraft. Uh, <laughs> yep, yep. I I adore this story so much and have for years. And it every time I read it, the thing that really gets me is that all the way she presents Mrs. Price is basically what we all evolved into, <laughs> which is a shame. Yeah. yeah, and that that sort of glimpse of that in contrast with this, you know, this is a, a woman who has a prescribed view of a scenario and refuses to bend on that view mm -hmm. until they finally do, um, when they can't deny it anymore. And that is what is, I think adulthood is, is, uh, is living in forceful denial until you can't anymore and everything breaks. <laughs> Gosh, I was already sad at the 11 year old and now I'm sad because I'm Mrs. Price now. <laughs> <laughs> but it's, it's, it's an interesting point that, you know, let's say it, teacher, being a teacher is hard. Uh, mm -hmm. I would only do it if they paid me a lot of money, which <laughs> I understand teachers get uh, hundreds and hundreds of thousands of dollars a year. Um, oh, yes. It's a very, very well-paid profession, and people are just clamoring to be teachers. They are. And I think that what you were shown is part of the reason for that is to be a teacher, you have to be able to control a narrative because you're trying to control a classroom full of people. And when anything goes even slightly askew of that control, you have to insert control upon it. Yeah, there's also this feeling of limited time that you have mm -hmm. where, you know, any anything unrelated to the stuff that you need to teach the students, the information you need to impart and the activities they need to do is a waste. So you want to rush through it and just, you know, get it done and over with. And when you're an adult, it doesn't, it doesn't matter if it's not actually her sweater. If nobody else claimed it, then she should just take it and that's fine. And we need to move on because we need to talk about long division. So <laughs> like, there's definitely that feeling of uh, 
that feeling of, of you need to, you need to do stuff. <laughs> yeah. And you have to let everything go after, you know, once something is at least somewhat finished, it has to be in the rear view because you got to get to that long division. Um, and that sort of idea that, you know, the moment is really key and we got to keep the moments happening. And I love, I love the way that that comes across here, uh, despite the fact that it very much calls me out. <laughs> Yeah, right. Same, same, same. <laughs> yes. Well, have you got any more thoughts on this one? Uh, no, it was a pretty it was a pretty quick read and it was an excellent read. And I would enjoy reading more Sandra Cisneros in the future. And well, you should. Uh, we all should. That's your homework. I'm assigning to all <laughs> of you. Also put on this sweater. Uh, <laughs> Ew, it smells like gold cottage cheese. <laughs> Hey, hey, Christy. Hey, 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 hey. Oh, I got stuck on a loop. Yes. <laughs> what are we going to read next in week? Next in week, in the after the times, we're going to, we're going to read Dear Greta Garbo by William Soran. Woohoo! Yeah. I know somebody who works for that dude's like stuff and stuff <laughs> i don't know them well but i know they're there <laughs> <laughs> and in that case this shall be forever be and always be short story short podcast